Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Parts Unknown Wrestling Podcast. My name is Ben Green. You may know me as producer Ben from Football Weekly. And I am in my hotel room in Blackpool. It's almost midnight. I'm joined, however, by someone else who's from Football Weekly, The Guardian's very own... John Ashdown, who you might know as John Ashdown from Football Weekly. Hello, John Ashdown from Football Weekly. I'm in Ben's hotel room as well, and uh, Ben's in the bed, and I'm (laughs) currently looking at him, which is not as homoerotic as it might sound. John, you're sipping um, some Rioja. I'm having a mint tea. That can only mean one thing. What's that? It means that we have just come back from night two of the WWE's UK Championship Tournament. What a tournament it was. Yeah, it was great. Um, it was the first wrestling that I've ever seen live over the, over the course of two nights. Um, and it was a real experience, a real eye-opener for me as a, as a long-time wrestling fan. Very different perspective. Yeah, it was great. Tyler Bate is the new WWE UK Champion. He's an interesting guy. I liked him a lot. I've, I've never seen his work before, and actually you should probably preface that by saying... I've never actually seen any of these guys wrestle before. Um, I'm a big fan of wrestling, but that is pretty much WWE wrestling and of a certain vintage. Um, I do keep up with the current product, but UK indie stuff I know is meant to be fabulous, but I've never seen it. Um, and I was massively, massively impressed with everything I saw. Yeah. What, who were some, some of your favourites that we, we got tonight? I guess, it's fair, I guess it's fair to say that we're uh, when it comes to wrestling, we're very much plucky amateurs in that Tonight and, and last night, I felt like I was the least knowledgeable person in the crowd, despite having, you know, I, I would say a decent knowledge of Starcade main events of the 80s. Um, uh, I, was, I felt not out of my depth necessarily, because I don't think it wasn't that kind of cliquey or that kind of uh, exclusionary. Um, but I did feel like I was, yeah, at the back of the class. And I think the way that they kind of book things these days, it, it's not, you're not get, you don't get the easily digestible wrestling bin man. There was no, um, we didn't have a, you know, this guy is a woodchopper called Woodchopper Joe, and he came out and his finishing move was the double axe handle. Delineation between the uh, the characters is much more subtle than perhaps it used to be. In fact, that's I, not, there's no perhaps about it. It's absolutely, absolutely true. And that counts, clearly it counts in the, in the main sort of WE uh, roster, um, on both on Raw and SmackDown. But, you know, even at, the, even at this kind of level, if you like, there was very there was no gimmicks. You know, there were a couple of nicknames, but there wasn't anybody. There's some facial hair as gimmicks. I mean, yeah, I was, uh, yes, yeah. Ty- Tyler Bate, who who won, he's a small guy, big muscles. He's 19, but he's got a great moustache. Uh, he is part of Moustache Mountain with Trent Seven, who's okay, got so a they, marvelous moustache. Are they linked in some way then, or are they just? I think they they're just, just pals, have, right? It's not. It's not just kind of a. They just happen to have facial hair. It's they. There is some sort of professional working relationship. They're not like a tag. It's not a faction. It's not a mustache. It's not a faction. Could, I mean, that come and live you, on mustache mountain. <laughs> both you and I have beards. We're not part of a faction. True, I think yeah. it's possible to. I couldn't. I couldn't grow a mustache like either of them. Like it goes all puby after a while. Oh, lovely. <laughs> um, no, Trent, Trent Seven has really quite a magnificent beard. Lovely. Uh, twirly moustache lovely head of hair on him as well very thick head of hair yeah very thick head of hair and I was uh, very impressed with him as a as a worker but also as uh, in terms of his charisma and he like, seemed he did seem to have the um, the lion's share of the of the charisma I mean nobody was I mean they, these guys are, are, are pro or semi-pro wrestlers like they're not charisma free nobody was like oh looking nervous or anything out there uh, but yeah he was the kind of like he had a he there was a, he had an aura, more perhaps had the most aura about him I'd say and we thought he'd get to the final yeah we did and he went out in the quarters so he only wrestled once uh, tonight on the second night he obviously wrestled in the first round as well uh, he went out to Wolfgang one of the the veterans of the of the scene who's an impressive big guy I don't know if, uh, if you've never seen him wrestle 
he is a, a a big man, but he can he can fly through the air impressively. Shades of Vader, not not as yeah, big, but he's but, not but, as fat, but he's just not, as agile. Yeah, not fat like Vader, like built more more of a kind of build of a. Um, People sort of mentioned Kevin Nash as a comparison because he's that kind of well because he's called Wolfgang. He throws a W and a sort of a devil horn thing, and, goes, and he has the sort of beard and, goes, and the hair. Oh, and so you know, there's large. some NWO wolf pack. And again, I bow to your greater knowledge of WCW here, but was was Kevin Nash wolf pack and I think with with, <laughs> with the NWO, everybody was wolf pack for a while, and, and wolf pack and the various other factions and you know they split off so so much that everybody got a little bit of time in each each area so they eventually didn't really mean anything yeah and as i sorry he was impressive yeah i mean the vader comparison is, is slightly un, uh, unflattering really in a, in a way i mean vader one of my favorite wrestlers but in terms of like yeah agile big men i suppose you could compare it struck me a little bit uh, cross between it doesn't again it doesn't sound like a great comparison but balls mahoney and uh hugh morris who, the Laughing Man, yeah, who was actually, you know, if you watch some of his his, his matches from from back in the day, um, could could move. I mean, you know, he's now a, he's now a trainer in uh, for WWE, but yeah, he could he could he could fly about the ring. I mean, he had a terrible, 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 terrible character, and then another one afterwards when he joined um, the faction, and he ended up with the name Hugh G. Rection or General Rection for short. Um, uh, with a, a faction whose name escapes me, but they had also had um, wrestlers who had names like Private Parts or uh, Major Stash. Major Guns um, was their kind of like uh, glamorous assistant who uh, went off and did some some films after that. But he was yeah. Had, but sorry, this is completely off topic, isn't it? But <laughs> we're he, off brand here. We're he off was, brand. <laughs> he was a good. He was a, a big man who was a good mover who you wouldn't have expected. And Wolfgang was kind of one of those like you think he he might have been kind of quite static in the ring but he was yeah he, he he flew about and he he worked hard he was as impressive as anyone i thought i think in terms of possibly the most uh developed character or in terms of storylines that we saw in the ring uh over these two nights it was pete dunn who really um made well he, triple h said he made a name for himself he made a big statement as a brilliant heel his, his whole gimmick for those of you who don't know is i'm pete dunn i like to hurt people He's the bruiser weight. He did a pretty nasty beat down at the end of day one on local hero Sam Gradwell. Did another run in after he'd qualified for the final. Beat up Tyler Bate. Regal had to get involved. But yeah, he's, he's got a great snarl. He's got a black gum shield. He's got an evil move set. Always snarling. I, I thought it was great. Yeah, there's something something in the gum shield gives him something of that, of the... Kurt Angle's a little bit, doesn't it? Like the kind of that's not. He's got a, he's got the sort of face that you want to see beaten. That's a good thing. Like he's got that. Like I say, like you said, he's got that snarl and that kind of um, attitude that both gets him over as a as a heel and also sort of gets him over in general with the crowd. You also had some of the best fans there in the crowd, and I have to say, for both of us, this was our first time at a UK show with sort of. UK wrestlers rather than WWE wrestlers and uh, you've already said how you felt like you needed an education all the fans there I reckon there were probably about 1200 around that that number um, amazing chance the whole the whole time but Pete Dunn um, there was uh, a girl about five rows behind us who kept on shouting come on Peter fuck him up Peter fuck him up um, and all sorts of other stuff like that uh, she was absolutely brilliant and he's I mean, he's he's completely over completely over um, and actually he's got a great finish his finishing moves is great as well it's, it's sort of a, a pump handle front face DDT if uh, such a thing is possible um, and it looks it looks great it looks you know it's, it looks like a finishing move should look it's uh, looks devastating but Tyler Bate kicked out of it in the final, of course. So he, he, like you say, he got to the final. He was up against Tyler Bate. Now, I think that he's probably got a better long-term WWE career ahead of him than Tyler Bate. Yeah, potentially. Am I being controversial? You're being controversial, obviously, because Tyler Bate has just been crowned uh, the new UK champion. I mean, I think with Tyler, it's it's hard to see him in WWE going beyond kind of the uh, 
cruiserweight slash plucky underdog Rey Mysterio type run. He's small. He he's is just, Rey Mysterio. Yeah, he's, like he's small. You know, he's he's small in a way that is uh, a character trait. In a way that it perhaps wasn't necessarily for, for other small wrestlers that have done really well. People like Punk, people like Daniel Bryan, who are small for WWE standards, but their size isn't really a, a factor for the crowd necessarily. It's it, perhaps it's a factor for Vince and people backstage at WWE. Whereas with with Tyler, he is the sort of size that 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 will be his. They won't be able to resist selling that as his kind of US you know usp really it's like oh look at the the little guy plucky plucky yeah. underdog story he, kind he of is thing. he is a small person undoubtedly i'd say probably five six five seven i think he's five seven yeah great moustache as we've discussed i think fantastic moveset and, and really really more importantly fantastic charisma so his his gimmick is give us a wave Tyler, Tyler, give us a wave. And he does this very nice, very nice wave. A lot of waving going on. Crowd absolutely love him. And he's also incredibly strong. He's got this sort of look um, like an old school strong man. And, you know, yeah, you all, fear, like you fear for him yeah. being made into a vaudevillain. Mm. But he's so much better than that. He's got, got some great power moves, got some great flying moves. Really like his, um, sort of from the from the second or third rope he sort of does a flying European uppercut um, he did a great dive off the top rope or sort of over the top rope rather what, what did you yeah, call it yeah it, it was almost like a uh, it was almost like he was doing the high jump like a Fosbury flop yeah style over the top uh, over the top rope and then rotating into sort of a tope dive I suppose you perhaps you're the expert I don't John. know I don't know I'm out of my depth there but yeah it was a Fosbury flop over the over the over the top rope backwards which he then turned into a and he's got a great finisher as well yeah his finisher the Tyler it's driver a, yeah the Tyler driver it's like a, a bit of a power bomb pile driver power bomb and we're slightly split over one of his sort of main signature moves as well don't know the name of it but basically he gets the opponent on the uh, on his shoulders and he spins round and round and round and he might give a wave partway through or he may sort of squat down say oh it's too heavy and then he powers himself back up and does it again now i love it the crowd love it you however <laughs> mr misery mr wcw <laughs> but i don't like it when um cesaro does his swing thing the giant swing yeah i, I it, it it sort of breaks kayfabe for me a little bit it's just it's it's so silly it exposes the business is what you're saying it's just it's so silly as to be like it takes you out of the um it takes you out of the match i i I find because there's and it makes no it makes no sense because if you're the because one of the basically saying he's making himself dizzy yeah i mean the 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 problem is that it's a fun spot for the the crowd i it's it's not it's not one of my favorites i think it just i i find it a bit daft Okay, well, let's talk about some other good spots that we saw from some of the other guys. Mark Andrews, flying Welshman. Um, he is very flippy. He's uh, he was very impressive. He got. I I've not seen first. a Welshman fly like that since Gareth Bale dived in the box for Real Madrid. Good that, that time <laughs> that happened. He he got to the semis perhaps further than we expected um, and wore a different pair of tights each time, <laughs> which, which is always good. Yeah. yeah, he's got nice blonde hair, good physique. Um, I think you know he's. He he's was great. He, if if he was going to be anything in WWE, he'd be a cruiserweight. He was he was good, and he comes with the biggest suitcase out of all the talent <laughs> yeah, we did see that we saw. I mean that that's, he did have a he large needs to white che- suitcase. He needs yeah. to check that in if he's uh, doing gigs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, he's not just taking hand luggage. He's got stuff for the hold. Um, no, he was he was great actually. He was a, he was a, a real entertainer. Had a terrific array, really, of, of high flying moves, and I guess it, in a tournament situation, it's quite tricky to, um, you know, he, you know, he went, at, he got to the semi-finals, so he's wrestled three matches, and the matches were reasonably, there were no sort of squashes, there were no kind of thirty-minute matches, everything was in the around the ten to twelve-minute time period, I would have thought. So to wrestle three matches of that length and still have stuff that was fresh the third time you wrestle is is difficult, I imagine. And I think I think he managed it really well. You know, the couple of moves on the outside were were fantastic. He was he was he was terrific. He was good. Uh, I was a big fan of Jordan Devlin. Uh, this is the mini Finn Balor uh, guy from Bray in Ireland, trained by Finn. He surprisingly 
surprisingly played a heel and he did that really well got a lot of booze from the crowd the crowd chanted about his face being too big or his head being too big for his body he's just a shit Finn Balor um I thought he did really bloody well because he looks like he should be a baby face but facially all the all the expressions that he pulls the way he works really good heel did some pretty dirty tactics in in the first round match and in his quarterfinal match as we saw on Sunday night against against Bate he he did some dirty stuff in that as well. But yeah, and I think it was important. He got, th- he got brilliant booze, which as a heel you need. Absolutely. I think it was important for 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 Tyler Bate as well that, that he got that win over probably the guy who was the most over as a heel for that rank. Because um, Pete Dunne, though he has got a heel character, he's, he's very popular. He's very popular and, and kind of well-loved by, by people as well. So he wasn't... I mean, eventually people kind of tried to kind of go with him as a heel a bit more though but you still see that residual sort of fondness whereas whereas um devlin really did get over as you know got himself over as a heel and the fact that it was bait that that beat him in the in the quarterfinal i think helped both of them he was such a heel as well that he didn't uh, although he could clearly see me he didn't acknowledge that i was clapping him <laughs> and everyone else was booing him and i was wearing my irish t-shirt ben is, yeah sat, i say sat here so sort of slouched here with his uh his Irish shirt on. As you can, I'm sure everybody can tell from the, his voice that he's as Irish as um, Father Ted. No, Irish as um, <laughs> Tony Cascarino. <laughs> <laughs> Honourable mention for Sam Gradwell, local hero. Is um, it Gradwell or Gladwell? Uh, he is not related to Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> he is Sam. Gradwell, and I should know because we were meant to follow him. Uh, we spent a bit of time with him, and he was he was perfectly nice. He was uh, showed us around a bit of Blackpool. More on that later, everybody. But he looks everybody is if I'm really listening. <laughs> he looks nice. like he should be a heel. I mean, he looks uh, in the nicest possible way, like he's a member of the EDL. Uh, he's massive. He's physically he's huge very man, impressive. Yeah. He wears silver, silver, silver trunks, which are not my favourite. But he's he's very pale. But he has uh, muscle, and he did he did some good power moves as well. He and he could fly actually. Like yeah. he 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 struck me. I mean, if you if you want to kind of, and they have they have moved away from this over the past, I know five ten years perhaps. The kind of classic model of what a what a WWE wrestler looks like. Vince's idea of a superhero essentially. And he fits that better, to be honest, better than anybody else uh, of the 16 guys that were competing. In terms of physique, he looks like uh, a WWE wrestler, perhaps more than the other guys. And he could, and he could move. I mean, he was a bit unfortunate with, um, given his, you know, lack of lack of hair and sort of pale skin. Like he, he got, he got a few chants of uh, things like Michael Van Gerwen. He's and a baby. He's a baby. He's a baby. And, uh, John Joe Shelby was mentioned. That was funny. And the, the lady in front of us had no idea what she was like, talking about. I don't get it. I don't get it. Somebody had to explain it to her. But Sam, he's he's twenty five. I think he's probably got a good future. I thought it was good, but uh, mm. coming, huge, huge future. Yeah. yeah. And coming back to this lady who was sat in front of us, she was, we I think, either Mrs. Joseph Connors or his sister or a very good friend because um, when Joseph Connors got eliminated, she burst into tears, which you felt was very reassuring in terms of protecting the business. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. I mean, she, you got the impression that she didn't know uh, what the the result was going to be, um, which I think is great. Uh, it's the better protected those secrets are, the better protected the stories are, the, the better in general, surely. Like, uh, if you tell your parents or your, your other halves or your partners or your kids then there's the chance of it you know ruining the evening for people maybe not for many people but you know things can go out on twitter these days and a a a story can go very quickly so i think it's kind of a good thing if wrestlers entertainers uh keep those uh superstars please superstars if superstars keep everything very 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 close to their chests i think that's a great thing and of course, she may just have been a very passionate fan, big fan of Josie Connors, and just burst into tears. Possibly, yeah. So no, yeah. We, we, we're just assuming things here. Yeah. But, uh, Joseph Connors, you, you you really liked him. Actually, no, no did you not? Um, Joseph Connors, um, great physique, good look, thought he, good mover, but sort of the least charismatic of 
any of the guys who made it into round two. And he really suffered from the previous night in that he was paired up with James Drake, another local lad. And they look they Quite both similar, look pretty yeah. similar. They both got, you know, both built, both got long hair, very similar move sets. And they sort of cancelled each other out. That was definitely the flattest of the matches. And, you know, just because of where we were sat, Joseph Connor seemed like a very popular, um, very skilled, very over character. But um, I'd have liked to have seen more from him. I, I felt sorry. And I mean, I, I suppose this does tie in, however, to the sort of because of the nature of this 16 man tournament. There wasn't a great deal of storyline. There was no storyline coming into it unless you knew who, who everyone was, if anyone had a particular grudge against anyone else. You know, did they just reset everything for this particular tournament? We've discussed already that Pete Dunne had the sort of the main story arc. Tyler Bate got an injury, a worked injury. Um, that was interesting. But, you know, it wasn't easy coming into it. And I think that something that WWE really could have done to, to help this is for the live crowd. They could have given a program, say, which would have sold very well. Yeah, as a piece of merchandise, but also just given for a fiver or something. Yeah, yeah, a bit of background on each guy, name of the moves. Yeah, that would that would have been nice for people who. I mean, I imagine, and it certainly felt like the majority of the crowd were well informed fans already. So perhaps that perhaps they just assumed that everybody that was going knew enough um, and wouldn't kind of need. Uh, a program well, that I found yeah I would have I would have loved to have had a, a program with a list of people's sort of finishes and you know kind That's of right. and I'm sure it's stories. very we haven't we haven't watched it on the network been live there we haven't watched anything back which which is actually going to lead me on to my my next topic or sub question sub topic um, we've mentioned already John this was your this was your first ever wrestling live event mm. how was it for you in terms of the theatricality, the performance element, but also watching wrestling for the first time with no commentary. Yeah, that was the big, that was the, um, in a way, that was the biggest uh, difference uh, for me, is that you've, you don't realise just how much you're reliant on, I mean, you, you know that you're reliant on commentators to get over certain, well, let me start again with that, because you, you know that you used to be reliant on commentators to get My stories God. across. These days, commentators plug Twitter and um, other stuff. It was mostly. actually quite nice not having any of that. In a way, in a way, yeah, because you just, yeah, you, you, you certainly, you're just allowed to concentrate on what's in front of you. You're not being told about all this other stuff that's going going on. And when I say other stuff that's going on, I don't mean other matches that are about to happen. I mean other stuff that's going on in, you know, the WWE universe in, in inverted commas. It's not uh, inverted commas, John. It is quite literally a universe. <laughs> okay, but... Um, so that was kind of nice, but at the same time, you do realise that um, the commentators, when they're when they're good and when they're on their game, um, really help you get get those get those stories across. So I, I don't I, I don't mean this to sound critical, although it sort of does sound critical. But there wasn't a lot of subtlety in 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 the in the sort of the sort of storytelling and the kind of angles that were being shot. So if anybody had an injury, it was very clearly taped to make sure that you were aware that it was an injury, which is fine. I mean, I didn't I didn't mind that at all, but it was it was that it was that kind of thing. So you, there wasn't a lot of room for kind of subtle subtle uh, selling of of storylines. But then at the same time in a tournament, you're not you're not kind of uh, you haven't got long feuds going going on, particularly in a self-contained tournament like like this one. But in terms of in terms of like seeing it for the first time myself, yeah, it was it was a, it was a really really interesting, really eye opening experience. I thought. In terms of all the finishes of the tournament, you know, it's a self contained um, sixteen man sing, straight elimination thing. Uh, we were expecting shenanigans. We were expecting yeah, there was very little like Sam who sort of left the first evening with an injury. We were expecting him to maybe not be able to compete because he was you know, taken to uh, a local uh, medical facility to uh, recuperate from his lacerations and contusions, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, we were expecting some sort of no-show brawl to the back, double disqualification, some sort of buy. The things that Hogan generally has benefited from in, 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 <laughs> in previous often. tournaments. But it, it wasn't like that at all. Everyone did, everyone worked bloody hard and really well tonight. If there's one criticism I'm going to, I think, make on your behalf, 
is that you're going, to speak, there was, you're going to speak for me. I'm going to speak for you, John. Every match had a finish, a pinfall finish, and you were quite keen on seeing a submission. Uh, yeah, it would have been that would have been nice to see just you know just to mix it up a little bit. Um, I don't know if there was uh, just if it was just one of those things where the people that they had weren't didn't have submission moves that they they used particularly. I, don't, I generally don't know if it's just not a thing. It'd be quite interesting to know actually. Is it is is that not a thing in the British indie scene? Is 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 tapping not really part of uh, part of what people do? You know, maybe maybe it's not. I don't know. Let's make that a rhetorical question to me because, quite frankly, I don't know the answer. But maybe we can open this up to the people listening at home. How do they get in touch with you on Twitter? Uh, at John underscore Ashdown. Okay, and I'm at Green Ben Green. Let's uh, wrap up what we're talking about with the WWE UK Championship. Honorable mention, I think, for Saxton Huxley. Yeah, he was. Uh, he, he was. He was. That's a gimmick you like. It's a great name, actually. It sounds like something that um, Edge might have been called when he was <laughs> wrestling in the Canadian. He was, he was Sexton Hardcastle. Yeah, it sounds a little bit on the, along those lines, doesn't it? Almost. I wonder if it's a tribute. But he was. He was Jesus, right? He was Jesus. Yeah. Um, and was had certainly uh, on Saturday night had some of the loudest chants of the evening of various biblical references. Uh, and he did the pre-show on on second. Yeah, line. he did that. Which uh, might he, was a, he was a ta- he was in a tag match, which I think was a dark match for the people watching on um, the network. Well, there you go. Um, so um, people, you won't have seen that, but he got amazing reaction. And even at the end, yeah. um, when when Tyler was sort of being hoisted, the up. big sort of crowning. If you think of Lex Luger in '93 uh, <laughs> after the after his count out win over Yokozuna. Um, <laughs> the Steiners and everybody pouring into the ring to celebrate his count-out win. Um, yeah, the all everybody piled in, which again, I mean, again, to be, just to be slightly negative, so we're not just uh, completely effusive in our praise, I don't like to see people who are, have been anyway heelish. This was the curtain call for you. Yeah, it was like, no, it wasn't the curtain call, because that's, that's, I think that's a different thing, but just... Stay, give, give us, just stay in character. You're strictly I mean, kayfabe, aren't you? I'm, <laughs> I am a bit, yeah. I kind of, I like to see, like, it, it wouldn't have been, in a way, given, like, how everybody came out, it wouldn't have been, like, Pete Dunne could have, might as well have come out with a t-shirt on saying UK Championship and, like, have high-fived him and stuff. Like, it was that kind of thing, wasn't it, almost? Although, actually, I don't know, don't know if Devlin was there. Uh, Devlin was there. Oh, he was? Okay, so, Devlin it, was it, there, so it was and, stupid. And, yeah. and the night before... Um, I snuck up to him and said, I didn't boo you. I thought you were great. And I showed him my Irish T-shirt. And as I told you at the time, you should have booed him because a boo boo to a heel is like a cheer to a face. This is true, but I just wanted to tell him how much I enjoyed his work. And uh, he he seemed like a very nice guy. And I'm horrified that I'm almost twice his age. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, whilst we're doing honourable mentions and talking about Jordan Devlin, uh, Finn Balor was there. Um, what a lovely man! Yeah, um, there was he was some good stuff, very huh? keen to sort of get out of the limelight. You know, he he's always oh, got a lovely face on him. Um, you, you love he, him. He's got a great great entrance as well. That was the Looks first good. time Looks you've been a part a of that. Yeah, I, I, although he was suited rather than in his uh, demon getup. Yeah, slightly disappointing. I'd have quite liked him to just wander out to do a quick promo in the full, the full sort of body makeup. Yeah, and uh, Neville was there, and he he done a match as well. Yeah, he beat Tommy End. Tommy End, Holland's own, and and NXT's own Tommy End. Yeah, a long time uh, independent uh, guy who's just been signed up to yeah. this or well, last twenty sixteen. You you had a problem, and and as as did I, thinking that you know shit. We've got here comes Neville just before the main event, and he is a really skilled performer. He's and a, Tommy End. He's a skilled he's, performer, and he looks. He's, he's a different size. He's a different size to what he was. He really genuinely was a different size to all the, the frankly the all sixteen of the UK championship competitors, and I did worry that it would. Kind of, you'd he after his match, you'd go back to the Pete Dunn and Pete Dunn and and, and Tyler Bate, neither of whom are like are huge physical specimens, if you like. I mean, you know, big guys to be up close to, but certainly in the kind of like carnival world of WWE wrestling, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're more impressive physically than you and I. Oh, well, yeah, um, all yeah. right, the average bus driver is more <laughs> right, just impressive me, then. physically than you or I. Um, 
you know what I mean? There was a there was a there was what could have been a difficult contrast in terms of body shape. And I don't know if it's just me because I'm I'm a TV viewer and a, a viewer of wrestling from generally the eighties and early nineties that because like, that was obviously the you know the steroid era really um, and the era of the do you prefer a roided out body to uh, to that, a unique body you know, shape I don't think it's, I don't think it's a preference I think it's what I'm what it's I'm just used what you're to conditioned to and what I kind of picture as and that's it's what Vince did really like you know you you, you kind of create these people that are larger than life characters and larger are than quite life, literally and are quite literally larger than life characters you change what people's perception of what a wrestler should look like is like, but you know, and it's kind of, it's a, a thing that's hard to, sh- hard to shift. And I still find it hard with, with, you know, like modern sort of, uh, you know, raw and SmackDown and things like to, to see the Kevin Owens as of this world, to use a sort of football <laughs> expression, you, you Kevin, Kevin Owens as, uh, of this world as being, you know, the, being legitimate. I mean, they're far more legitimate in a thousand ways than people like Hulk Hogan and the Warlord and uh, who else? Both members of Legion of Doom. Any kind of pick, pick a roided up wrestler from the, the 80s and 90s. and uh, you, you can choose, pick, a, pick a dead one. Choose your own. Um, <laughs> and, too soon, too soon. Yeah, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne don't look like that. And, and are probably much healthier for it. Oh, not there's no. I don't think there's any probably about it. They're both ten times healthier than any any wrestler from the nineties. What happens with the UK Championship? Do you think? Well, that's that's going to be an interesting thing, isn't it? And what they what they do with it? Because the all the talk was of trying to get a weekly show, um, trying to make it a regular thing. Uh, clearly, there was there was interest in, enough in two two shows tonight, which I think both both sold out and it was certainly packed tonight in in Blackpool whether they could sustain that over a week a weekly show i mean i mean i don't know in terms of how how many tickets they'd need to sell how many people they'd need to like be have watching it every week on the network to make it worth their while given the amount of sort of production costs they'd need to put into it because basically they'd be setting up uh, a separate independent not independent but they'd be setting up a kind of it's another brand another a distinct brand that strikes me as being quite a, quite excessive, not excessive, but quite expensive to do, and quite high risk to do. They don't really need to take risks anymore because of the way the network's set up. So um, I'd be surprised if they do it, end up doing a weekly sort of show. I think. Would you be surprised if they end up doing a monthly show? That yeah, I could see that more, or even a quarterly thing. Whether like a, a quarterly tournament, something like yeah, that. Something That'd be like interesting. That. Yeah, something along those lines, or. Um, or possibly have a have a yearly they could have a yearly tournament to crown a UK champion uh, although then you'd end up having to strip somebody of the belt or you know you could do a yearly pay-per-view uh, pay or yearly big big event that's surrounded on the UK scene and kind of have people coming in and out I don't know it'd be interesting to see what they what they do I asked Regal in the post-show press conference whether Tyler Bate as the winner of this new championship uh, as we record it's seven days until the Royal Rumble um, and they usually have you know 25 spots for current roster talent um, whether Tyler Bate would find himself on the uh, in as, as an entrant in the Rumble whether that would be a very useful way of putting the title over uh, and introducing him to an American audience and saying, look, this is this is the new thing we're doing. And Regal seemed, you know, I'm not saying that this was uh, what I'd suggested was all news to him. He went, oh, good idea, Ben. He said there are some issues with paperwork, potentially. Um, but, you know, it could happen. I think it'd be a great thing if if they did. I think it'd be an awesome thing if they did it. But we think more likely he'll be on the pre-show, pre-show. It it feels it feels like it to me. I mean, it's kind of it's all it's kind of guesswork. But the, the thing I fear as well with something like that, though, is if you kind of set up a champion, a UK champion, you whack him in the rumble as a, as a debut. He's number twelve. He's bunged out by the time number eighteen's in there. You've kind of 
you lose. I think you lose as much as you gain by doing that in a way. Um, you know, because because the problem with the rumble in in that sense is that only one person wins, and you have twenty nine people who lose. I mean, it's not quite like losing a you know. A it's every man for himself, as we know. Yeah, it's not like losing a match, you know, being pinned, but it's still it's still a, it's still a loss in, in a sense. Um, so it's slight. Perhaps there's a, there's a case made for it slightly weakening. I think I think it would almost. I think though in. You know, in the grand scheme of things, sticking the UK Championship in there, getting Tyler Bate in the Rumble, would do more for the UK Championship and the UK scene. That even if he gets, you know, comes in, does five minutes, gets thrown out, be great if he eliminates Big Show. <laughs> that would be awesome. Basically, yeah, basically he does the Diesel role, where he just goes around tooling everybody, like <laughs> tipping them out, you know, and then eventually that has to have ten people uh, getting eventually managed to kind of turf him out. No, it'd be, it would be a hugely positive thing if they do it. I'd be... Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Surprised if they do. Uh, we'll, we'll return to the Royal Rumble later. Um, let's talk a bit, John, about... What's the time, according to your watch? 25 past 12. Happy birthday, John. Yeah, I had a message from my auntie Sheila on Facebook. She lives in Australia. She's called Sheila and she lives in Australia. Oh. She w- wished me happy birthday. That's nice. already... I mean that I'm quite literally the first person to see you as a 36-year-old. And it's true. Yeah. And I was the last person to see you as a 35-year-old. <laughs> I feel so special. Um, John, memories of Blackpool. I've been here for four nights by the time I wake up. Three nights. Okay, let's yeah. think. What are the, what are the abiding memories? Uh, of mostly of my hotel room. It's a very peculiar a, place. A long, cold walk towards the city centre where there isn't very much that's open because it's January and Blackpool shuts down for the winter. Generally windy and cold. Shenanigans. We've never been... To, we didn't go to shenanigans, I should point out. Um, there, not only were there no shenanigans in the ring, there was no shenanigans for us, even though last night it was open. This is uh, an awesome-looking <laughs> Irish awesome. bar on the... Awesome the in the way that, you know, the great Cully was awesome. <laughs> let's, let's not talk <laughs> about Blackpool too much. It's, it's, I'm sure it's much did you nicer. Go, did, you go, did you go up the tower? Went into the Blackpool Tower and I the, went the into the sort the of the circus. Is that where you went with Sam? Yes, that's where we went with Sam. Um, in footage that may never, <laughs> may never come out. <laughs> Make the light of day. Um, the Empress Ballroom. I can't believe we haven't said this. An absolutely stunning venue. Doesn't look much from outside. Beautiful, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely beautiful. stunning. Well, you can see why they hold uh, Strictly Come Dancing sort of quarterfinals there. It's a lovely. Do they do that every year? Yeah, it's like you get to like everybody goes in at the start. You know, you have your twelve competitors. <laughs> have your twelve superstars go in at the start? Um, and Who will survive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. About week. So one goes out every week. So about weeks seven or eight they go to Blackpool and everybody's goal when they get in is kind of I oh, just if I make it to Blackpool I'll be so happy so it's like a thing it's like an actual thing because the Empress Ballroom is famous for ballroom dancing good job it's named the Empress Ballroom well yeah I'm sure you know that was that was that was part of their thinking when they called it that interesting fact about Blackpool or rather our hotel the, Imper- we're the, at the Imperial, Imperial Hotel, hotel. 
Oh, the Dickens thing. Yeah. What the, what the Dickens? Yeah. Um, Charles Dickens stayed here. And every prime minister there's ever been has apparently, allegedly, been in the bar downstairs. Although, I'm... I'm there are lots would, of pictures of Churchill, not many pictures of anyone after that. Yeah, whereas, I don't know if Theresa May's been here. There does, however, appear to be a mirror which says Cameron on it. There's a mirror? Yeah. Okay. The well, Cameron and, and Memorial Anybody mirror. can buy a mirror and write something on it. Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not disparaging the fact that we're staying for, you know, I, I would You're not be, disparaging, you're besmirching. But did they say every Prime Minister ever? We'd have to check the small print. Okay, so um, I don't, we don't want to yeah. libel but, any hotel. You know, but. it was built in the... There were Prime Ministers before it was built, so I call, I call shenanigans. Yeah. Did you have a swim? I didn't, no. I had a nice run this morning. A very, very bracing run along the seafront, um, during which my uh, phone ran out of battery, so I had to... Jog back in silence. Oh, you're so London. I know. <laughs> it was it was great because it was so it was so freezing cold and so windy, um, and I had I went up, as I was running out. I had all these endorphins, and um, I was actually I had like a, one of those semi euphoric sort of feelings that you have sometimes when you do an exercise and you feel like it's you against the world, and like the beat was hitting and all everything was coming together, and then my battery died, and I just realised how cold and horrible it was, and I sort of trudged back, but. Um, in, in better news, I took you to Subway for the first time ever. Yeah, it's my Subway debut. Yeah, cheese and toasted. You didn't <laughs> eat anything I'm, before. I'm not going back into a Subway. Blackpool has at least five Subways, we've discovered. On another of our very exciting <laughs> expeditions, uh, we went to Mega Sainsbury's. Stunning. <laughs> stunning. That's a, a truly architecturally magnificent Sainsbury's. And in, uh, as you pull into Blackpool North Station which I believe used to be the uh, bus depot and drug den, but it's now a really, really <laughs> stunning Sainsbury's. And we, we went there for a bit of light relief uh, on Sunday and on Friday night we went there <laughs> and uh, I am currently staring at some Vax steam detergent that I bought in a impulse buy. It tells you something actually about sort of the weekend that the second most exciting thing in fact the three ben's top three moments of the weekend were probably saturday night the wrestling finding some vax steam cleaner for three pounds in uh, sainsbury's yeah and free pizza yeah we've got some free pizza from bella italia tonight actually yeah. but uh, only because we were extremely greedy i think the waiting staff couldn't quite believe that we were being as greedy as we were so then didn't bring us the pizza that we'd asked for in addition to the two large pasta dishes that we'd ordered and then uh, eventually the pizza turned up, by which stage we'd already kind of asked for the bill. And basically Ben ate three quarters of a pizza on top of his pasta. <laughs> I, need, I needed the carbs. Um, greatest rest of all time, John Ashdown. Uh, Ric Flair. Not Bret Hart? No, I think Bret Hart is my favourite wrestler of all time. I think Ric Flair is probably the best. Best bleeder of all time? That's a good question. Um... Again, you, it's, hard, it's hard to look past flair. I think there's just something about that bl- blonde hair, blonde hair matted with uh, matted with blood, just looks just looks great. Austin, I, I think, is like the, one of the best sort of blood sort of picture of all time. WrestleMania 13. Yeah, is that is that Austin moment? So I'm a, I'm a big fan of Triple H as a bleeder, or my friend Paul, as I now call him in <laughs> uh, business meetings. <laughs> Uh, favorite match of all time? Oh, blimey, you've sprung that one on me. Um, I probably would be actually Brett Bulldog from SummerSlam '92. I think if you, if you just like had to, if you just had to pick one to watch, it would probably be that. I'm trying to think of something that would. And there were some nice callbacks that. to that during the tournament, actually. Yeah, that there was a sort of roll was, up. And... There was that roll up pin that Bulldog beat Brett with. That I'm trying to remember who did it, but somebody did. Yeah, somebody did that, that exact spot uh, tonight. Yeah, that's that's such a that's such a great match, and you don't. It, it's kind of it's um, it's added to knowing the background of it, knowing how messed up Bulldog was at the time, and that Brett sort of led him through it. But you don't need to know that to appreciate what a fantastic match it is. I think it's brilliant. I think it's yeah. I mean, what about you? What's your favorite match of all time? Favorite match of all time. Oh, most impactful match of all time is Hell in the Cell. 97, King of the Ring, 97, um, Undertaker, Mankind, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Just yeah. watching that and thinking, Christ, that, that was that was incredible. Um, in terms of performance, though, 
I'm going to go for another Hell in the Cell. I'm going to go for Bad Blood. Oh, Sean, Sean Taker. Sean Taker. The original Hell in the Cell. Kane turns up, yeah. Kind of something that I've seen recently that, that holds up really well um, is CM Punk, who I've got big crush on. Oh, that sounds terrible. I'm a, I'm a keen admirer of You modelled yourself on him. I, I did try to have a CM Punk hairstyle, and if I was going to have tattoos, I'd, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd do that. Um, no, you uh, have got straight edge tattooed across your knuckle, knuckles, we should point out. I'm drinking people. mint tea. Yeah. I'm on, I'm on cup <laughs> tea. Uh, punk Cena. Uh, Money in the Bank. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Was that the one that's in Chicago? Yeah. Um, when his contract expires, really good match. Uh, I'm I'm more into some kind of. I I, I like the more modern stuff. Yeah, we have slightly did. different eras, really, don't we? I yeah. suppose, which is kind of good, I guess. Yeah. I mean, sometimes sometimes you look back. I watched uh, last night in my hotel room. I watched uh, Steamboat Flare from Wrestle War '89, which is a. Is like held. They had a, 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 I think it's a trio of matches that they had in in '89, which is held up as like the as a classic series. And it's the first time I'd watched it, and I don't know if I was just a bit tired, but I did find it a little bit slow because it just because of the yeah, just the style just the style at the, at, the, at the time. I think really long matches are probably slightly overrated. I think you know the, if you ever watched, um, actually sat down and watched the Brett Sean Ironman match from. I've never seen it. Yeah. I've, I, I've never seen it because it's 60 minutes. It's it, really. technical. Yeah. I want a spot. I want a high spot. <laughs> you, you, you just like spots. You like a spot fest. I like You're a basically spot. Basically, you're just an ECW. ECW. That's, that's perfect for you. You just want yeah. Mike Awesome hitting somebody with a chair and then <laughs> flying over the top rope at somebody. Who's going to win the Rumble? This has been this has been actually quite one of the fun things about the weekend is because you are sort of immersed in... Uh, uh, wrestling fans and wrestling people, uh, which you know you're not usually, and it's the question. It's great having. It's a great time to be around people who who like wrestling because that's the question. It's like who's going to win the rumble, and I mean, my problem is is that I don't really care because it's, <laughs> because it's the modern product and I don't mind. And the fact that as I was saying to somebody earlier on, the brand split means it doesn't actually matter because you can win the rumble. Was it Alberto Del Rio who won who won the rumble and was first match on yeah that's on Mania? Right. It's like well you've killed you basically you kill the rumble by with the brand split because you basically pick where you can pick where the rumble winner is on the card, whereas it used to be win the rumble you're in the main event. So it doesn't it doesn't carry the same heft. It perhaps to my mind it, it should, that it should do. That said, everybody's got a, an opinion on who might, and whereas last year it was definitely going to be. Reigns or Triple H. Is that right? That was last year, wasn't it? Um, last year, Reigns went in as champion. Because he was defending it during the match. If he, he, yeah, he was defending the belt and during the match. Triple and Triple H, H came in match. number 30, yes. possibly 29, but definitely near the end, um, and ended up winning it. Yeah, so, but it was always going in. It was always going to be one of those two were going to win it. Um, this year, it does feel slightly different. It feels like you could do it maybe half a dozen people I guess that's that's perhaps the advantage of the brand split is that you've got a wider array of people that are perhaps in those title pictures um, I think we were talking about this earlier I think if you were booking Mania and trying to come up with a headline match to my mind the only one you've, the, 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 the biggest grab you've got is take a Cena which would require I think probably Cena beating AJ Styles and take a win in the rumble. And take a win in the rumble. I don't think it, it's very satisfying. Take a win in the rumble, really. But that's what I. That's probably what I do. Somebody suggested to me tonight um, Strowman winning the rumble, which I don't think will happen. But it's been you know the fact that somebody would might suggest it as like a thing that could happen suggests that you know it's an interesting situation. What about you? Who who are you picking? I am going to say Finn. Finn Balor. I think, it's the- I think he's going to be coming back, and he was red hot when he came in. You know, they they push him to the moon. I um, think the problem very unfortunate with his injury. You know, I don't think people necessarily know who he is, but he's he's ready to main event WrestleMania. He is super super. But this, the Rumble would be his second match. Roman Reigns think when going into WrestleMania when he was up against Brock. But that's singles matches. He'd had about three singles matches. Yeah, but that's singles matches. He'd been wrestling with the Shield for quite a long time before. No, but Finn's been wrestling for no, a, obviously, a decade but like, and a bit. But, this, but I think you have to assume, if you're a WWE booker, 
you have to assume that people that and what they and to be fair, what they should assume is that people are watching their main roster programs, and somebody who's only had one match or two matches, I don't think should be. Fine, main, I'll main say main Rollins. Main, yeah. But everybody you talk to today, <laughs> Seth freaking Rollins. Everybody you talk to thinks that Reigns is going to be in the main event at Mania because that's that's the way they want to go. Anybody, you, know, you kind of like people say, "Oh, I'd really like so and so to win it. I'd really th- think so and so should win it, but it'll be Reigns." Sure, Michaels. Yeah, Brett. Maybe get Brett back in it. Vince could Vince it. Shane McMahon's been as active as anybody recently. Get him there. Goldberg would he win it? Goldberg and Lesnar are in the thirty, and they've have a match. I don't know if it's even. I don't know if it's signed for WrestleMania, but they they've got one more to do. Which or, or, so, or, win or certainly um, Goldberg's deal ends at WrestleMania. So whether they sort of finish the feud before then, leave it to WrestleMania is sort of the big sort of uh, you know one of the big box office. Um, it doesn't make sense matches. to me him winning the belt at Mania. I, I don't. I don't care about either of them. No. I was never never a big fan of Goldberg, and I think Brock is sort of I'm just a bit bored. Yeah, he's in that sort of part time mold, isn't he? That's just a. It's a good joke. Like, if he wasn't with Goldberg, then what would he be doing? It sort yeah. of feels like there's not a lot for him. Tyler Bate versus Brock. That is a WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, that would be great. That's a moment. I would be genuinely and legitimately terrified for Tyler. And I would <laughs> just like it. And I would actually care that he was okay at the end of it. Okay, John, we'll leave it on that. Thank you to everybody for listening to this uh, inaugural roundtable. And quite literally, we have been... Well, you've had your microphone on a roundtable. Mine has been on a uh, rectangular bedside table. (laughs) (laughs) But nevertheless, there have been tables involved. We have been talking, but this has been... It's TLC. I want a chair. (laughs) Apart from the owl, there's no ladder. I'm on a bed. It's just TC. TBC. TBC. (laughs) Tables, beds and chairs. This has been the first talking edition of the... Parts Unknown. ...podcast. I've got two uh, long interviews, uh, one with Triple H, one with William Regal. Both of them very interesting. Both of them really very nice guys. Thank you to WWE for arranging that for us. And uh, John... Happy birthday. It's been an absolute pleasure spending all of this time in Blackpool with you. And and with you. We will be back on the Guardians Football Weekly podcast. We may do this again after Royal Rumble when we meet up. We may do this again sometime ever. We may never do it again, but we've. We could uh, do it after the Rumble. That could be nice. We could just bring your kit round. Bring (laughs) it, bring (laughs) it. I've got. Okay, I'll come around to yours. You've got a nicer house than me anyway. All right, good night, John. Good night, man. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.